This is Whiskey and Risk, a J. Crew podcast where we talk about all things risky while drinking a little bit of whiskey. I'm Max. And I'm Jackson. Let's get into it. Cheers. Welcome back, everyone. Max and Jackson here, welcoming you to episode number two of Whiskey and Risk. Today we've got some new bourbon that we're drinking. Jackson, why don't you tell everyone listening what you're drinking today? <laughs> well, mine's probably the the least exciting here at the table. I've got a nice cold glass of Jameson. Probably been in the cabinet here at the office, I don't know, going on three, four years. Yeah. So it's it's well-aged, Jameson, but um, <laughs> I can't tell you last time I had a glass of it, but it's going down pretty... I mean, it's it's okay, but yeah, it's pretty good. What do you got over there? Wanted to switch it up a little bit from the Jameson that I usually go with. Today we got some Maker's Mark 46. I've had it a couple times. Got to say it's pretty smooth. I'm a big Maker's fan, and the Maker's 46 is just a little bit, I would say, a little nicer than just your normal Maker's. Still affordable, but pretty good. I can't complain. Yeah, it's probably my favorite. I have a couple bottles of that at home, so I'm a little jealous. It's your go-to, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Maker's in general, but... Like you said, that's a little bit of the nicer stuff, so yeah, it's definitely my favorite. Yeah, 94 proof, so we're getting there. We're yeah. getting there. <laughs> anyway, so moving on today, we're just going to talk about kind of Jackson and I have been at for the past week, two weeks, what we've been working on. Jackson, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you've been working on in the uh, yeah. world of Axe and Jackson? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, my last two and a half weeks have been kind of crazy. have had four proposal meetings or new business meetings on uh, the last... 15, 16 days, and just a multitude of different markets too. So different prep that's going into it, but also different questions that have come up that I thought would be good to kind of discuss things that when you don't normally go to market for your insurance or review it every year, your policy or your limits and different things that a lot of these clients or prospects haven't been doing that have come up and I think have been good conversation pieces, but I've been super busy. Things are going well. Busy is not always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to kind of touch on a few things, but I wanted to hear how your week is going. I know you've been busy and have had some things going on. Yeah, a lot of things in the hopper as of late. You know, it's been a really busy, really good past two, three weeks. Brought on a couple of clients, as we talked about in the first episode. Jackson's more so focused in the niches of the property casualty world, which he's really great at. And over my time, I've kind of been broadened to some other areas. So the past couple of weeks, I've been mostly focused on closing up some life insurance and group health insurance deals, getting those in place for my clients, which I've been really happy for. A couple life policies for some families that have had children and now want to make sure that they're properly protected and, you know, have that transfer of wealth to protect their children's future. So I always feel really good about those policies. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm doing some good yeah. in the event that something should happen. You know, at least the child's taken care of. And obviously, life insurance is a big piece for your financial planning moving forward. You never know what can happen. Also had a couple of life deals that I put in place for some business owner clients, what we call key person policies. Okay. Essentially what that is, for example, I have a client that is bringing on a new partner and gave up 50% of equity in their company to bring in this new partner. So if one of the partner, for whatever reason, can't work or passes away, that policy's in place to essentially purchase that equity so yeah. you don't have to work with the other person's spouse, which not that that's a bad thing, not 
necessarily, but when you're in a specialized industry, right. you know, it just creates a little bit more of a headache and you want to make sure that that partner spouse that, you know, had that loss is taken care of too. So, yeah. and then one of my largest group health deals to date uh, for a school district in Illinois here, and it's been a really smooth transition and a really good learning experience. So we're really excited to you know, work with them moving forward. But Jackson, you've been going out on meetings, meeting with different clients and actually putting boots on the ground, collecting policies, diving through the property casualty policies. So tell me a little bit about how that's been going and some of the things that you've been finding maybe on these existing policies and touch upon how reviewing your insurance on an annual basis is important. Yeah. So I'll just hit on a few different things because they have a few things in common in that the most two recent that I've worked on both have had a relationship for many years. They haven't shopped it out. And with that relationship, they haven't even gone to market. One of them, their agency got acquired by a larger firm. And so their account was almost put into like a service center. Mm -hmm. And their renewal was almost like auto-processed, if you will. So the biggest thing going on right now that is happening in every industry that's being affected is inflation. Right. And when we were going through the underwriting process, hey, when was the last time this property value was evaluated? It's very much so underinsured. Mm -hmm. And we're a little bit concerned. You should communicate this to the insured. And so it's a conversation that's been coming up because... When you're bringing it up, a lot of the same responses, we've just kept it status quo. I just want an apples to apples quote. This that's is right. my limit now. This is what yeah. I want you to quote. Well, that might not always be in your best interest, but yeah. you know that's absolutely something we run up to. A lot of the times they think that it stays the same when they haven't necessarily done a whole lot to their property. So say you've been in the same building for 10 years, you haven't made any expansions, but you've replaced the wiring or you've replaced the roof, you've done different things. And just over time, property values change. Change, mm-hmm. And that could have gone up, especially over 10 years, 15 years with these relationships in the last time that they've really taken a deep dive and reviewed their policy. Yeah. And also the increased costs from what I've seen in construction to things that as a business owner or even a property owner, you might not think of. You just kind of think of what is the value of my building? What can I sell it for? But from an insurance point of view, the insurance carrier doesn't care about what you can sell it for. Yeah. They care about what it's going to cost if it were to burn down to replace it. Yeah. So that value changes with inflation. And a lot of carriers add a, an automatic inflation guard to a lot of policies of 3 to 4%. So every year your premium is going up a little bit, but it's also automatically increasing the valuation of your building 3 to 4% to keep up with inflation. So it's just something to keep an eye out. And if you're not reviewing every year or shopping around, then these are things that can really impact you in the event of a claim. So Right. That's just been part of the communications. They're like, we try to review every three to four years. And that's when they're reviewing, have our price gotten out of line to where we need to look at other options. Mm -hmm. When really, even if your goal isn't to move, you want to keep the relationship, you want to stay with your carrier, that's all great. You should review your policy every year to make sure everything's in line. You have an increased, decreased exposures, payrolls, different things change every single year. Mm -hmm. That are all things and factors that affect your insurance and the premium that comes with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another important thing, Jackson, that you mentioned earlier and something that I'd be interested to hear you dive into a little bit, because I hear about this happening a lot in the market and we bring on a lot of new clients that have gone through this, but just agencies that have been acquired by conglomerates or larger brokerages. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the larger brokerages out there, you know, there's pros and cons to working with anybody, but 
Um, a lot of their growth strategy is by acquiring agencies, much like a J. Krug, like us, that's been a family agency, maybe in a second generation ownership. And, you know, that owner is getting close to retirement. The average age of an insurance advisor a couple of years ago, I think it was like 57 years old. Yep. So mm -hmm. there's a huge opportunity for these big brokerages to grow by acquisition. They have the capital to do so. Mm -hmm. But with that, a lot of those agencies that have been family agencies that have really put service at the forefront of their operations when they're acquired by these larger agents. Even if you're a middle market company, now you're, instead of being a big fish in a small pond, you're a small fish in the ocean when you're looking at these bigger brokerages are working with Fortune 500 companies. So you might not be as big as you were with that previous agency and you don't get the service. Is that something that you kind of ran into or you see in the marketplace, Jackson? Yes. And I'll give you a couple examples just so it's easier to understand and reference. So I had a proposal today. We kept everything apples to apples, but then had a few recommendations, suggestions, questions on our end of when's the last time you reviewed this? Is this still going on? What's going on here? Has this grown? Different things like that. And same type of thing. They've had the relationship with their agent for years, but it's not the same agency as they've been acquired and things have just changed a little bit as time's gone on. So they're in the fourth year since acquisition. Their agent was one of the principals of the smaller firms. He's since left. He's retired now. So they still know some contacts, but things are just different. And a lot of it came on the certificate side when they need a certificate of insurance. That used to be a straight email to an agent. Now it's certificates at blah, blah.com. And another thing was just the review wasn't as in depth. Mm -hmm. So we talked about the renewal process, what's important to you, different things that go on on a year to year basis. Mm -hmm. And just when you get the question as an agent from a client, what are different things that we can do to keep my price in line or even reduce? my costs of my premium mm -hmm. outside of rates because everybody can say, oh, the rates are going up and different things. But there are other ways that you can take action to help your premium. And so we went into their driver list and they had 15 drivers and a couple of them ran some unfavorable MBRs and I basically phrased the question of, are these people driving on a regular basis in their job description or what they're doing necessary for them to drive? Or are you aware of their driving record currently? Exactly. They have any idea. And they might not. Yeah. And today they said, well, they don't really drive for us at all. And I was like, if we can remove them from your driver's list and just cannot have them as a driver, I think that we can really reduce your auto premium because that's definitely a factor. And with that, I mean, obviously you're removing them as a driver, not just to do that on the savings, but you got to be conscious as a business owner mm -hmm. from a risk management point of view that these drivers are no longer going to be driving for your company. Right. Because if there were a case that there was an accident, a driver that wasn't listed on your policy was involved in that accident, that's going to cause some issues from a claim perspective. But that's kind of going back to the risk management approach of right. just knowing who your drivers are and what their driving history is, what their records look like, and then managing that and not having to rely on the insurance, being proactive and making sure yeah. that claims don't occur. So yeah, that's really important. Yeah. So we kind of just circled back at the end of the conversation on different strategies that would be implemented moving in that mm -hmm. maybe as you onboard or hire more people and you want them to potentially be a driver for your company, maybe you start running MVRs upon hire. Yep. Maybe that's something that you're just more aware of and you won't run into this problem and then you can have that conversation and maybe they're not the right fit or you find a different area for them to be a part of your operations. And it went really well, but it just shows that there are things that are overlooked when really they could be bringing you some savings in the end if you saw 
saw them as more important yeah. during the review. Absolutely, yeah. And insurance isn't sexy. I mean, most people might go their entire business career without filing an insurance claim. And at that point, it's like, yeah, well, why do I need this? All I care about is the price. Well, it is sexy when you do need it, you know, when yeah. it's there to save you. And a lot of people might just look to shop it around. And, you know, every year you can always move carriers. And generally, there might be a carrier that would be, hey, for example, you pay $100, I'll sell you this policy for $97. And then they'll move just for price. Yeah. But more so than that, I think it's important as a business owner to take that risk management point of view mm-hmm. and, you know, not just look at getting the cheapest insurance, but making sure you have the right insurance. And then what are you doing from a business operations standpoint to minimize your exposure to risk? And with that, I'll say also as a business owner, the autos is a really good example. And one thing that I always like to tell my clients is the one insurance that you really can control that insurance can control the most is workers' compensation. Yeah. So workers' compensation premiums vary from carrier to carrier, but in general, they're directly related to the safety of your business operations and your claims experience. You take what's called an experience mod, which I'm sure we can dive into in a later episode. Yeah. But your workers' compensation, essentially what the experience mod does is takes the average of your industry. And if your claims are higher than the industry average, you're going to have a higher rate assigned to your manual rates with your workers' compensation. But if you're you know, 20% lower in claims than your industry counterparts, you're going to receive a 20% credit on your premiums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that being said, not only are you reducing your claims, but you actually have control generally more so than other policies. Yeah. That's something that goes into risk management and just what business owners should be looking out for when trying to manage their premiums other than just jumping from carrier to carrier, which no one likes to do. Right. Well, I mean, it sounds like we're both keeping busy. Yeah. Sounds like there's a lot of different things that have been going on and a lot of different topics that are being brought up in each meeting that we have, which is good. Yeah. But I'm at the end of my glass. I don't know about you. I'm just finished up. So I think with that, we will leave you. And I'd like to also take this time to thank Ricky, our producer, sitting with us right here. It looks like he's done with his glass as well. But I got to say, Ricky's the brains behind this operation. Makes us sound a lot better than we actually are. So shout out to Ricky. Shout out, Ricky. Yeah. So make sure if you like what you heard to like this, comment, and subscribe. And with that, thanks for tuning in. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.